Episode 67 is here, folks, and I was honored to be joined by one of my favorite human beings on the entire planet, Rabbi Zushi Greenberg, uh, Orthodox rabbi, Chabad rabbi, here in Cleveland, who has amassed a, a tremendous following over the years and has had a significant impact on the community. And uh, wanted to bring him on to have a in-depth discussion and conversation about fate and destiny to make sense of life in this forever changing world, in this crazy world that we live in. And I will let the rest of the episode speak for itself. So sit back, relax, and please, please welcome the one and only Rabbi Zushi Greenberg. The optimal life. So uh, this is truly one of the, the biggest highlights so far for me since I started this podcast. How long you started it? I started it, uh, and, and pull that a little bit closer to you, if you would, the, the microphone. Uh, I started this podcast a year ago, December 17th, to be exact. So we are coming up on one year, December 17th of 2017. And how often do you do it? I do it about once a week. This is episode 67. So we've done about an average of five episodes a month, maybe a little north of five, five and a half, six episodes a month. Very nice. And uh, it's going well. It's going great. But I've never had such an esteemed guest sitting right across from me, face to face. Uh, thank you so much for being here, first, first and foremost. So I reached out to you because there's a lot of things going on in this world. A lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. And as I continue to get older, I try to make sense of... Why? Why is this happening? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And it's hard for me to often make sense. So, for example, uh, a few weeks back, a good friend of mine, uh, his ex-wife and his eight-year-old daughter were murdered here in Cleveland. Yes, thank you. And so I was thinking about that. And you can't imagine a human being living a more, the worst nightmare you could potentially think of. This, my buddy, it has to live. It, he, he's no longer will ever be able to see his daughter again. She was eight years old. Completely innocent lives taken one day. One day they were here, one day they weren't. And uh, there's a lot of evil out there. So let's start there. Um, why? There is no answer. Because why? Only God can answer why. But I can tell you one thing. Sometimes people say why. Everybody's asking why. The question is not why. We just don't want it to happen. Let's say God reveals himself to you in a dream or a prophet shows up and tells you why. And you know the reason. Would it satisfy you? Anyway, it will not satisfy us. You just... The question is not, it's the wrong question. The question is not why. The question is we are tuning to God and we're saying, please find other way to do whatever the agenda is supposed to be. Because many times, if God would answer you the why, will be a good reason, but a good reason, but you don't, you still don't, you're not satisfied. Then the question, we don't know why. And it's not going to help us to know why. Because you sometimes you're much better off at not knowing the by, the by knowing. 
in life, things that you don't know, if God makes you not to know that, you're better off. You know, years ago, many years ago, a lady came to me, she wanted to know what is Jewish opinion, Arachic opinion on hypnosis. Do we, are we allowed to go to do it? Do we believe in it? I told her, don't do it. But she did it anyway. <laughs> then she comes back, she's depressed. Why is she depressed? Because she discovered that in her past life, she was a poor girl. She was poor. Mm-hmm. That she feels bad for her life in the past. I told her, you see, if you would discover that in your past life you would be very rich, you would be you're feeling bad for now. Why I'm not as rich as I used to be in the past life. Right. I'm poor. I can feel bad. If God doesn't tell us what happened in the past life, we are better off not knowing. Many things like this. I even see it on things that many people disagree with me about. You know, we, today everybody tells children that they are adopted. Maybe it's even the law. But many times people are not, kids cannot handle it, that they were adopted, they were given up by their parents, and they can always upset why why the parents give up on them, what they did wrong, and so on. And many times, not knowing ignorance is bliss. Then the question is not, we don't, I don't have the answer why, and nobody has an answer why. But one thing I can tell you, there is somebody who runs the show, and everything meant to be, and everything is a purpose and a reason. Are we going to find out the reason? Maybe never. But when I know there is somebody in charge, I don't I don't need to know why. It's like I trust my father, my daddy, my big the big guy, that he knows what he's doing. So if I know why, sometimes the FBI or the government or whatever make a decision, they don't give you the reasons, but you know that they will they care for the country, they care for the best of the country, and they will make the right choices. So your take on it is it's not about necessarily the the why your your take on it is there's a higher power and there's a reason behind it and we don't need to know exactly why or what the reasons are yes correct yeah that's a tough one that's a tough one that's tough you know that's a tough one to swallow because how do people move on? How do people handle those situations? How do you find strength in a situation like the one that my friend's going through? Because when you know that it's, there is somebody bigger than you, larger than life, God, that runs the world, and everything is a rhyme and a reason, everything is a purpose, and he controls everything, that you gives you strength to move on, to move on with life. I think faith carries people much further than trying to figure out things, why and what, and when you, and you're not going to figure this out anyway. Never. Nobody will. Yeah. Moses wanted to understand God. And God told them, this is not for anybody who is alive cannot understand. Fate. You, you mentioned fate. So talk about fate a little bit. What is fate to you and... Are we all predestined for what we'll, what, I'll, what I'll call fate in this life? You mean fate is the meaning of trust or fate in God or fate in the, as destiny? Fate is destiny. Yeah, everything is as, as, as a destiny. Everyone has a purpose and everyone has a certain amount of time that you should live. And God has, has a, a job for him. 
and a purpose what they're supposed to accomplish. But we still have free choice. We can still mess this up or do it good. God, or this is also a part of the fate, you understand? Mm-hmm. God took, us, took this in consideration too, that we might mess up. Mm-hmm. But we believe that everything is called in Yiddish, there's an expression bashert, like who you marry, and for how long you'll be married, and what's going to be after. Everything has a meaning and a purpose. And whatever happened to you until this minute is exactly what God wanted to happen to you. The future, you don't know what will happen, what, what, what is there for you. That's why you have to make choices. But your choices are not necessarily going to work out if God doesn't want them. For example, I came here to the studio to speak. Mm-hmm. I made a decision. We made a time. All nice and fine. But if I would drive out from the car from the driveway and uh, it would be a flat tire, I wouldn't be able to be here. If I made a decision what I want to do, that actually I made it and I came here and I'm speaking with you, this is because God want me, wanted me to come here and to speak to you. If not, it didn't have to be big tragedies. Just a minute, little thing could change the, 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 the program, the plans. So your belief is if you did run over uh, a nail... That was God's will saying you weren't supposed to be here either on time or at all. Absolutely. I might be upset, but if I would think about it, I would realize I'm upset with God. And that's why in Judaism there is a concept, anybody who is upset who gets angry is like, it's a very sharp expression. It's like worshipping idols. Because what means I'm getting angry? I didn't get my way. God looks at me from above and tells me, Hmm, not your way, but that's my way. Then make up your mind. Who is the boss here? You or God? And if I'm getting angry, it's not that I'm not getting angry. Plenty, I'm getting plenty angry, maybe too much. But when I think about it, I know the truth. And if it didn't work out, that was the plan from God. Or it works out things that I don't like. That's what God wants. So do you practice that every day? I try my best. It's hard, right? Very hard. It's much easier to preach than to practice. <laughs> That's what my wife That's your specialty. <laughs> yeah, she tells me, the hour about starting, beginning to practice what you preach. Right, exactly. Because that is, it sounds great in theory, and we all know that in some extent, to some extent. But to remind yourself to live that exactly. every moment of the day, that is the key practice. Do you know people that live that every single moment of the day? You see, it's all about practicing and trying a little better. Nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. But, we, we, but you, you always have to try a little more. Try, you try it one minute a day. Then you try it two minutes a day. Then three. nobody... Sure, yeah, it's a, everyone understands it. We all, know that, we all know what's the right thing to do. The challenge is to actually do it. Right. And this is something that we, little by little... Get better on it. So, so your take on it from from this the fate and destiny standpoint is we're all put onto this earth with a preset destiny like that. My buddy, who's his eight year old daughter Olivia, who who's been taken from us, that was her fate. Yes. Why I don't know. I'm not going. I, I'm not going to pretend that I know. I'm not God's lawyer, but. Everything meant to be because this world is not a jungle. Somebody came and wanted to kill him and killed him. 
just because he, this guy wanted to kill her this mean, doesn't mean it had to happen. If it happened, means God allowed it. And that's why it happened. And this is not only about the 80-year-old girl. This is a question about a, a very old person. Because somebody is 94, therefore she should die, or him, or is 104. Because we are used to it, and it's normal. It's normal in our age. I mean, uh, in the mid middle age, people used to die by the age of 30 and 40. If you tell them somebody lived to 70, they didn't think it's a tragedy. It's all in our perspective. In, in the days of in biblical days, that people live 120 years and 130 years, dying by the age of 90 would be a tragedy. The point is that things are not the way we want. There are trage tragedies in the world, and there are good things. It's not in our control. It's meant to be. And we, all, we always concentrate on the bad side. Let's concentrate on the good side. Tell me which generation ever enjoyed a life that we enjoy. Ever. This technology, this comfort that we sit in gear. No, nobody, nobody ever asks himself, why me, when it comes to the good side of the, of the coin? Mm -hmm. I you know sometimes I, kids, I speak to kids from Hebrew school and they tell me, oh, it's not fair. I tell them, yeah, it's not fair that only you live in Solon, Ohio, and all your friends who live in, in the third world countries, they also say, it's not fair that you get it so good. They are shocked. Never ask yourself on the good side. Right. Then it's meant to be. We got such a good life that our parents, and grandparents in Europe, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, they couldn't even dream of such things. Right. Take the package. Yeah, but that package is... Some people get the bad side of the coin, like my friend now and his family that have to live the rest of their lives with this. I agree, and it's yeah. a terrible tragedy, and I don't minimize the tragedy at all. And I know, and I deal with a lot of people with a lot of pain, and it's terrible. I wouldn't even tell it to you, to your friend, because when somebody's in pain, you don't come and tell them what it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. But if he would come and ask for comfort and to try to understand, that we would have the same conversation. Because this is a spiritual, deep spiritual discussion. If exactly. they're willing to have if that, you're this, be, if exactly. you're ready to to hear that kind of exactly, it's not something that you offer somebody while he's experiencing the tragedy. So where do they go? Where do they go when they pass? Where is the, the where people? does she go? Where did the girl go? The little Everyone girl that was taken from us. World. It's just like going upstairs. There is two floors, downstairs and upstairs. In this world, we are in physical bodies. In the above life, we are in spiritual. It's a spiritual existence. Or the existence is there. People exist and they live and they see how we live our life. And they want to see that the people they left behind are happy and moving on with life. Because when we continuing to cry about them and to mourn them and to, that almost we don't let them rest a little bit of it. A little bit of this. They want to see that the people in this world are happy and moving on with life. So you're so there's an afterlife. Absolutely, Judaism believes in afterlife, and that's why we recite Kaddish, we recite the special prayer for the for the dead, because we believe that they when afterlife you see afterlife the the souls are alive, but they cannot grow, they cannot do any good. You see, nobody is hungry. In the spiritual world, nobody needs help. They cannot do mitzvot, mitzvahs. But we here downstairs can do good for them. When I do a mitzvah, 
a good deed in this world, I am kind of depositing in the bank account on behalf of the person who is not alive anymore, but he can be can get benefit from my good deeds. They they look out for us to do good deeds because our good deeds go on their go on their account, so to speak. But what do they do? What does that do for them in the afterlife? They get closer to God. Even in the world of afterlife, there is a more spiritual world, and even higher and higher. It's unlimited. Everybody goes. Everybody goes. No matter what. Yeah, the question is when, but everybody goes. Yeah, our question is how close to God you are. That's what it is. Good, bad, and, and evil, they all go. Eventually, all go. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by eventually? Where do the, where do the... Well, there is a process of, of purification and, uh, and the atonement for whatever was done in this world. And in the beginning, it's like you're more, the soul is more connected to this world. And so I forgot the word for it, and somebody is losing a limb. And he still feels like the limb is there. There is a an amputation, or when you 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 think it's like you feel it. You think it's like robbing you. Even uh, when you don't, you are not connected to it. There's a name for it. I forgot what it is. Okay. But it means to say when you're still connected to this, when you're in the beginning, you're still connected to this physical world much more. But as time passes, you go higher and higher. And what does that do? Well, you you get closer to God, but what does that do for the soul? You see, the soul sees that it's what's important in life. It's almost like, you know, when you go to college, a person goes to college, not you, God forbid. A person goes to college and he wastes his time. He didn't do anything for his past. And he's oh, that was me. Don't worry. <laughs> and then when he's at the age of 35 or 45, suddenly he needs, he needs to make a living and he needs to go back to college to learn. And then he realizes he realize how what kind of a mistake he did by wasting his time. Same thing when you come after life, we realize what's important. We realize that what type of car we drive is not important. What type of house we have, nobody even remembers. But if you do a good deed, this is forever. You help somebody, this is something forever. You did something spiritual, you connected to God. This is something meaningful that you look back and you appreciate. Then when you go to heaven and you think to us, then when you when you are when you are off the physical body and you see from a different lenses what is life all about and you think to yourself 80 percent of my time i wasted it on nothing i'm eating and sleeping and going and coming and then uh, then you think i can't believe i wasted my life i had an opportunity and now it's too late but you know yourself crazy it's too late you cannot change it anymore but who can change it for you your offspring who are in this world and do good deeds for you they can walk on your behalf and that's why it's so important for the people who are in this world to do good and they'll be there is a joke about it but the guy came to after i mean he died and he was pulled downstairs to the basement because he wasn't such a good guy and then one day a few angels show up and they take him to the penthouse <laughs> and he's asked what happened and the guy by the guard by the doctor didn't hear your son gave him a big donation to the hospital. We're going to build a big hospital in your memory. This mitzvah, this great deed will bring you. Two weeks uh, later, he's pulled back. Then what happened? The check bounced. <laughs> then the, it's a joke, but really it tells you 
it's a, it's a truth. That's the thought. That's the thought that's, behind this whole yes, thing. It's true that we, by our good deeds, can help our loved ones. We can help the people that have passed yeah, before us. Exactly. Even if they weren't great people at times we in their can life, help them. by us doing our mitzvahs, by that's us our doing, biggest favor we can do for them. We do good deeds, and it will elevate them exactly. to get closer and closer because and higher up to God. Because we do it on their behalf, and because we are here because of them, for example. Oh, I see. Wow. That's a lot to take in. That is a lot to take in. So so when, so when, will my friend who lost his daughter, will he see her again one day? He will connect to her. See her is a very, not a physical way, but he will connect to her. Yeah, when he comes to her, when he'll go, the day when he will go, he will connect because the soul, not only then he will connect, he's connected with her now. He will just stronger connect, but he's connected with her every minute of his life. But do you believe that it's a connection similar to being in somebody's comfort, like like you and I are here together right now? Absolutely, yes. It is. Yes. So yes. you, so your your take on it is he will be with her. They will not be in physical form. Not physical. They will form. be in spiritual, but they will be with. It, it'll feel the same way as like hugging and doing those kind they of things. They will feel the good feeling that that spiritual beings can feel. Not physical. There's it's no physical, physical feeling. Thing. No. But you know that's your daughter. You know that that she knows that that's her father when they're Absolutely. together. Yes. And you feel like you fully reconnected. I'm trying to understand. I'll tell you, nobody who is here ever experienced that. You understand? Then it's very hard for us physical beings to relate to something who is completely spiritual. It's almost impossible for us. We are so physical to even relate to something that's not physical. But. Uh, Whatever it means, there will be the connection. Whatever the connection means on the best level, it's going to be. What about the guys that, that go on these rampages, school shootings, the recent terror attack to the synagogue in Pittsburgh, for example? That's all just part of God's plan? That's fate? That's destiny? Yes. I mean, it's painful to say, but it's more painful if it was just random. I I. Is it's better and more comforting, and first of all, that's the truth. But even for somebody who is, it's more comforting to know that it was meant to be. These children, God forbid, they had to die one way or another. They died in this way. Why? I don't know. Nobody will ever know. But at the end of that, why a million and a half children died in the Holocaust? Why not? I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to know. I'm not trying to pretend that I know or to try to explain God whatsoever. But I know that there is a boss, God runs the show. That's one thing I know. Why? God never made a contact with us to tell us why. Yeah, I, I understand. See, I have I have a hard time with some of this stuff. I have a hard time with and I think you and I have talked about this in the past. With this preconceived destiny and and it's God's will that these people, why? I, I, it's hard for me to not ask why. I'm not going to lie. It's very hard to say because there's so much positive in this world. There's so much beautiful things. I mean, you, you wouldn't know what pain felt like without all the positive good feelings, right? So he, he or whoever this higher power is puts us here and allows us to experience some amazing things. And then at the same time, forces people to experience some of the devastating, most unbearable things. And for me, I just try to figure out, okay, maybe the question's not why, but 
what for? Okay. You know, go a little deeper. Please. We believe also in reincarnation. Judaism believes in reincarnation. Reincarnation means that a person, we are not the first time here. We come here, we were here before. And why we come here again? It's a second opportunity to do what we didn't finish the first time. For example, Mr. A and Mr. B live together. And Mr. A borrowed money from Mr. B. And he never paid them back. And both of them died. And they come to heaven. And Mr. A owes money to Mr. B. And in heaven, there is no money. Mr. A is to give the money back to Mr. B. That is begging God to give him an opportunity. Second opportunity to come down to the world. And to have a chance to give the money to Mr. B. By losing the money. By Mr. B taking from him the money. And Mr. A thinking that it was ripped off. It was ripped off and it's not fair. And the bottom line, somehow the money will come back from Mr. A to Mr. B. And he will close the circle and he will fix what he messed up. Then reincarnation is a second chance and a third chance for us to fix what we messed up the first time or the second time. Or didn't finish. Not necessarily messed up. And when a child dies in a young age, it's usually that he had five or seven or eight years, whatever it is, to finish his destiny. He was a very special soul. He did most of his life, he did the right thing, lived the right way. And he has a certain amount of time that he needed to complete in his long, in the full picture. And this is the first, the seven. You see, it's like coming to a, like watching a movie with your wife and falling asleep in the middle. And then asking, then waking up, well, why is it going there? What's going on? I'll tell you next time, stay awake. Don't ask me questions. <laughs> we are coming in the middle of a movie and we are asking why. Well, this, uh, this life had a story, at a history before, as a history after. We only see an episode of what's going on. Right. So how many times are we reincar- reincarcerated? Reincarnated. Reincarnated. I'm sorry. Yes. Usually it's three times. But whatever I'm telling you is general rules. We don't know. We cannot tell you why it happened to Mr. A or Mr. B or Mr. C. But in general, that's how we understand life. So it's three times. Because, you know, you hear people say, I've lived, I've got 10, this is my last life. And you've probably lived, I, I, I thought it was our belief that we could live dozens of lives. But there ultimately is a last life at some point. Correct? There is ultimately, but we don't know when it is. Uh-huh. And sometimes a person comes to the world not just to fix his thing. Or maybe sometimes for the for the, the world needs him. Even he doesn't have to fix something. Righteous people come to the world for the world, for the purpose of the world. This explains another thing. Sometimes you see very young people make billions of dollars, like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Right. And people think to themselves, they sit in their own basement and think, I'm smarter than him. Why am I not making this money? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, he's not 27 years old. He might be under than 7 years old. This is his third life. He has the wisdom of the past life. And maybe his grandfather in Europe saved the city, saved 10 people, saved 50 people. And he is getting the reward for what his grandfather did. And it's a bigger picture. See, there is a story about a rabbi 
he was 18 years old and he wanted to be, they appointed him to be a leader of the Jewish people that his wife told him, you're a young man. He said, I'm like a 70 year old man. Kabbalah tells us, Kabbalah is a, the esoteric part of Judaism, it tells us that this person... It's the what part of Judaism? Esoteric part. Oh, esoteric. Then Kabbalah tells us that was a prophet who lived before him, died by the age of 52, Samuel the prophet. This rabbi was 18 in top of the 52. He was a reincarnation of him. Mm-hmm. When he said, I'm a 70-year-old man, he just didn't throw a number. He says, I'm 18 physically, but my soul is, a, you know the expression, an old soul? Right. He said, was here before. And therefore, we have this wisdom that generations before didn't have because we are extra time. Wisdom or success or whatever it is. The point is, we see just a little episode. We didn't see the beginning, we don't see the end, and we ask why. And we're here, in, in terms of the totality of the world, we're here on such a small blurb over the course of time. You're right, but our, our did matter and are important. Very important. What, what is that again? What we do matters. What we do. Uh-huh. You shouldn't think, oh, I'm such a nice blurb, such a short time, then who cares? It makes a difference, and every good deed that you do is forever. It makes a difference for the people that are here right with you right now and, and the, the people the future and the people and the that past. have passed. Absolutely. Exactly. The past, the present, and the future. You nailed it. Wow. So what is the purpose of life? Well, <laughs> the purpose of life is to connect to God, to do what God wants, but bigger than that, to make the world a better place, to make a difference, to, to make a dent. You know, Adam and Eve, Adam lived to be 930 years, the first human beings in the Bible. How many stories do you know about them? One story that they ate from the tree of knowledge. That's, that's the story. <laughs> what did they do the rest of their life? Nobody knows. King David lived to be only 70 years. We have so many stories about it. It's not how many years you live, it's what you do with your life. It's making a difference. And it's making, influencing yourself and others to do good. Just do by example. I believe very much that the biggest way of edu- educating children or anybody around you, you can talk until tomorrow, until you get blue. In podcast, until tomorrow. But, <laughs> we can go to tomorrow too, I promise you. <laughs> but it's all about how I behave myself and then inspire others by, on, by my own behavior. But this is what you want to leave the world. It should be a little better than when you came in. Do you think the world will, will ever end? Yeah, but what it's it's whatever it will be is going to be the way that God wants it. So in Kabbalah will be six thousand years and then another thousand. It will be maybe a different world, a little different. What exactly it's going to be, not going to look, it's very hard to imagine. But but potentially it will come to an end? Not, in a, not necessarily in a physical end. Not like a meteor hitting the world and no, the whole thing comes to an so. end? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Besides the fact that you're running this whole community and you've got these responsibilities, in terms of in terms of angst about potentially, is there anything that scares you? Is there anything that keeps you awake? What, what keeps me awake, I mean, because I'm, I'm a Chabad rabbi and the Rebbe, the Obavitcher Rebbe, 
told us to care for every Jew. And when I see that there is so much to be done, so many Jewish kids to be connected, so many Jewish people who would enjoy more Judaism if they would just have an opportunity to be exposed to, and I think to myself that potentially is unlimited and we are, it's a race against the clock. That we constantly have to try to, to do more and more and more. And I tell people many times that if I would live for 300 years and they would live for 300 years, I'll bring everybody around. <laughs> yeah. What life is this for you? Is this number one, two, or three? Yeah, I told you that we're better off not knowing what we don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we just don't even need to know all the answers, right? We don't need to, no, not at all. We, we need to know what we need to do. All the answers only confuses us and drives us crazy and keeps us up at night. Unless you know about these things, you're better off. So, is it your belief that all of your sons and all of the boys within the uh, uh, Orthodox sector of the religion, they're all destined to become rabbis themselves? I mean, destined, I don't know. I wanted my kids to be rabbis, yeah. About all the Orthodox, I don't think so. It's going to be many, many, many. Today also, many, many people have normal, I mean, regular jobs like lawyers and doctors and professionals sure. and businessmen and computer and uh, everything. I guess sons of rabbis, let's say. Sons of rabbis, not always, also all of them are rabbis. Okay. I want them to do something meaningful that will make a difference in the world. That's what I want to do. I, yeah, I wish them to, I wish them to be for rabbis, yeah. Right. That's my personal But wish. that might not be what God's wish is. Exactly. I hope that's God's wishes too. <laughs> <laughs> is fate and destiny the same? Is it the same thing in your mind, or I, is there any difference? I think so. I mean, I don't okay. know exactly to define the difference between these two. Maybe some people know better English. And can no, I just didn't know if, if there was different takes on I'll tell you what faith is two meanings. Faith also is a meaning of having faith in God. Yeah, faith. Yeah. Faith. Yeah. That's, and this is a, a whole different discussion. Trusting God. You see, and the dollar, it's written in God we trust. Mm -hmm. Trusting God means you, like you trust your children with your wife, you understand? You know that she will take care of them. She trusts you with, it, with your children, that she knows that whatever will happen, you will try the best and only the best for them. Trusting God means that I know whatever God did for me, is doing for me, that God wants only the best for me. Mm -hmm. When you have this level of awareness of God and trust in God, your life is much better. But that's not the reason why we have it. We have it because that's the truth. But I'm just saying, in addition, your life is much easier. Let go, let God. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. If you could fully practice that and make that a part of your daily life and truly live that, I would imagine life becomes much less stressful. Absolutely. But as I told you at the beginning of the conversation, there is a story about a Hasidic rabbi. When he was a young man, he went to learn Torah by his master. He came back home, his father asked him, what did you learn? He learned that there is a God. He said, there's a God? My clinic lady knows that. She calls her says, is there a God? Sure, there is a God. He looks at her, he says, she didn't go to learn for three months or six months. He says, she says, I know. You see, in life, we all say the right thing. To know. What means to know? How many people, you, you met many people, you have many people, you on, on Facebook, I'm sure you have a whole list of friends. How many people you know? 
you know, right. spouses tell each other after 10 years, now I really know you. Usually it's in a bad connotation. <laughs> and 20 years past, now I really know you. You didn't, you didn't have a, a bug on my uh, conversations here, <laughs> did you? Over there? It's my conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Then the point is to know God is a journey. Every day we get to know more and we see how things look out and we have more trust, we feel more closer to Him and we, think, we see how things look out and now it's all in the meant to be. And as you go, go older, you go from believing in God to get to know God, to get almost get a personal connection with Him. Mm. And the more you have this relationship, the more you feel trusted, you, the more you feel that you are in good end. People that don't have God in their life, what's your what would be your message if you were sitting down with somebody? I would tell them to find them. <laughs> I mean, there is. I'll tell you. There is no such thing somebody who has no God in your life. You are born, usually you are born a believer, every person. They made a survey after 70 years of communism and the Soviet Union fell, uh, collapsed. And they said that huge numbers of people believed in higher power. They call it God, they call it other things, but they believe in something. People naturally born to believe in God. Whatever God wanted was very important to the survival of humanity, God put it in us automatically the desire to have children, the desire to get married. God didn't wait for us to make decisions. The bottom line is people want to have children. There is not even a good explanation. Mm-hmm. Naturally, a child believes in higher power. Somebody who wants that and he prays to him and turns to him for help. Takes somebody to educate them that there is no God. It takes an education. That it's almost a reverse. Our default is God. Exactly. Our default is God. Then if you only let go you'll find God. How do you let go? That you start to realize that you're not in control. People cannot. People need everything in control. They need to know why. They need to be in control. Everything is to make a reason. They're not in control. The reality of life, we are not in control. That's the reality of every day of our life. So we're upset with something that's gone on in our business lives, in our uh, marital lives, in our relationships with people. Anything and everything you're saying. We can try our best, but ultimately it's not in my control. But we should try our best. Try your best. But remember, it's not in your hands. Wow. And this is when you realize that, and a person realizes that, then he, it starts, his it, all trying is not so stressful. He comes out from a meeting. If I would just say this, and I would this, say this, I would get the deal. It's meant to be. That wasn't your deal. You can take a lesson from it for next time to do this better, A, B, and C, yes. But why this business was, didn't work for you? It was not for you. It would give you such thoughts you don't even know, such problems you never, you never think. Mm-hmm. God tried to protect you from this day. Why he sent me this way? For experience, to make a connection, something good to come out for that. Then I have to try the ultimate best. It's not an excuse not to try. But whatever the outcome, we have to try to do. The outcome is in the end of God. How about somebody that takes it to a, a very poor extreme, but they're not thinking clearly, and they say, well, it's in God's will, so I'm just not going to be, uh, It's what's meant to be is meant to be. I'm going to be, I'm la- I'm, I lack motivation. I don't feel the same motivation to go out and make something of myself, because if it's meant to be, it's just going to happen. What, what, what do you say to that? You know, everything in life can be used the wrong way. No matter what you do, 
there is no, the world is created in a way that everything can be twisted and turned around the wrong way. Sure, some people will use faith as an excuse, absolutely. And you see it all the time. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So people use faith as an excuse, they, they use, they use well, political agendas as an excuse, they use, they use philo- philosophical excuses are from here until tomorrow. No question that what a person knows for himself deep down, if he, if he says it because he believes, or he uses it as an excuse. Mm. You know, many times people, when I ask them to do a mitzvah, they, they used to say, especially mitzvah, they used to tell me, oh, we was God in the Holocaust. I asked somebody, you know, there's by the Jewish people, we put up the film to do the mitzvah of putting on every morning. It's to offer people on the, on the, on the street. Maybe you want to do the mitzvah. They used to tell me, oh, I don't believe you. I'm angry with God. We was God in the Holocaust. I told them the Holocaust people are too holy. Six million for you to use as an excuse not to want to do something, right? You understand? And every place, everything can be used as an excuse, but it doesn't change the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people use it as an excuse. Yeah, you you know the truth, the yeah. the, the, the soul. You the know, concept internally. is a true concept. Some people use it the wrong way. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Wow. So uh, as you know, Yana and I are going through a divorce, and it's the same thing you're saying. You're saying that this was, this was fate. This was the destiny. This was somebody. There's somebody higher up that said this is what's supposed to be. And if this would happen, that's what happened. It's just that simple. Yeah. You can try. Mm-hmm. You can learn. Oh, maybe I should do this way. Maybe I should be the other way. Maybe I should do this way for the future. But whatever happened, happened. Whatever happened until today, for Terry, whatever the time now. Is exactly what God want, wanted to happen. What will happen tomorrow? We don't know. Wow. Wow. Whatever happened, that's meant to be. How long have you been able to, how long have you made this kind of mentality a part of your life? I was raised like this. It's not so hard for me. You were. But as you mature and you see life and you learn and you teach and you think and you reflect, it becomes more of your life. What do you. As you're, you've you've obviously had a tremendous career in terms of your practice. Uh, career might not. Have, I don't know if that's the right word. It's your life, uh-huh. and, and your life is being a rabbi and teaching and spreading your knowledge and spreading the, the spiritual nature of it. You've grown this huge community. When I say career, because of the the, the organization, the chabad, the community is it's you've, you've become very well known in this community. Um. When you look ahead over the next 5, 10, 20 years, what, is there anything else specifically that you look to accomplish personally that you have yet to do? I mean, my dreams are so big, you cannot afford them. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I never knew that I will accomplish so much. It just happened to be. I did. It just happened. I did. I tried every day. I put one foot in front of the other, and I just walked out. It, the, what, what happened is much more than I, I imagined, and much more than I expected. And God did for me much better than I would plan for myself. Mm-hmm. And I leave it for God to work this out. So your take on it is just continue on. Continue on. One foot in front of the other. Every child, another Jewish child, another person, another connection, another touching another life, another soul. Where do you believe you'll be once you get to the afterlife? Where do you believe you'll go? I'm you think going you're going to go right? right? I Wherever I'll go, 
will be the right place. Uh-huh. God willing. When the Rebbe was, uh, my Rebbe, the Lavitcher Rebbe was, uh, uh, sent me here. And wherever I'll be, I'll be connected to him. Here, now, and for the future. That's beautiful stuff. That is beautiful stuff. Uh, getting your take on this kind of, it, it's, it sounds simple when you talk to you. Because it really is, I guess. The hard part is getting there, but it's a simple thought. It's a simple mentality. It's a hard mentality to achieve, but it's a simple thought process behind it. It's just, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's meant to be. God, that's how God set up the system. And there is a boss. Your kitchen has a boss. Your office has a boss. Mm-hmm. Every place is in the right place. God created this big world. Everything has a place. Everything is a purpose. Everything is a reason. There's no, it's not, it's not chaos. Even amongst all the chaos. Okay, it's organized chaos. Uh, throughout the whole world, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Everything is meant to be, no. Even if a leaf that falls from a tree is meant to be. That's how Hasidic philosophy believes. That's everything, everything meant to be, everything. Wow. Not only human beings, animals. Trees, stones, non-living things too. Everything, everything is meant to be in its own. Look today with GPS, I mean the, the satellite that can control the whole world and see everything that happens. If machines can see everything that happens, can God not see everything that happens and control it? My last question for you, before we wrap up: When you do get there, you live this long life, God willing, a very rewarding, fruitful life had an impact on hundreds and thousands of people's lives. And after this podcast, maybe a few more. Uh, when you get to the other side, if you have an opportunity to be with God, what's the, what's the thing, you, what's the first thing you're going to say to him or it or she, she, whatever it is. I'll give you two answers. I mean, what I'm going, what I'm going to say to God, then I'll say, I'm saying to him now. Thank you. Every morning I say thank you, Modani. Every evening I say thank you for giving me the opportunity to be an extension of God and to do good in the world. If you would understand the great, the, how great the opportunity we have in the world, that God gives us opportunities every minute, another opportunity, we would be so thankful. We wouldn't complain. We would be overwhelmed with appreciation. And and constantly thanking him for whatever he gives us. But I must tell you, I'm more busy with life than with afterlife. Sure, sure. Because in this world, we, we can make a difference. And therefore, you know, people are obsessed with afterlife or with before life. They want to do hypnosis. They want to know what happened before life. Nobody wants to know about life. <laughs> because this it. is where the challenge is. Right. We, we, it's life. This is the important place you can make a difference. We cannot change the best. We cannot foresee the future. No, today, tomorrow, next week. That's what is important. And I think that the reason that's spot on, but I also think the reason is, is because people that have lost loved ones, they want to know that there's still a chance to, to reconnect one day. And what I mean to say is not only reconnect, you're connecting now. Connecting now. When you do doing good in your memory, you're connecting now. You're connecting now. You don't now. have to sure. wait for later. That's what I'm saying. Right. Everything you do has an effect. Absolutely. On, on everything. On everything. Present, past, and future. 
Yeah, and especially to the soul, to the loved one. Yes. Wow. And everything is preconceived. Everything is destined. There is fate. There's a higher power. And whatever the higher power's will wants to happen is going to happen. So don't fight it. Try your best. Try your best. I mean, you go to the doctor, you cure yourself, you try your best. Try the, the hardest you can. But in the end of the day, what meant to be meant to be. Let go, let God. Hey, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. This is great. I enjoyed it. It's a real enjoyment. This was awesome. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you.